0: Radio, you're listening to Jerry McGee overcoming life obstacles. Uh, each first and the first, um, I don't know why I get this wrong every time, but the first and third Tuesdays of each month from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. will be um, coming live. Hope you'll be listening in and have others listen. Um, anyway, tonight I want to teach on mental attitudes. And uh, at the end of the program, if you would like special prayer, if you call in to 646-595-4784 and don't forget to press 1. Let's just open with prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come before your throne. And Lord, I just ask that your Holy Spirit will come uh, brood over each person, Father. I ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Uh, that you will move in your mighty power in the lives of each person who's listening in. Pray that no one will hear me. They'll hear only you. I ask for a download from heaven. Father, you said if I commit my way to you, you'll establish my thoughts. And I ask you to do that in the name of Jesus. I ask you to cover me and Dorothy and her family and my family with the blood of Jesus. Lord, uh, each person that's listening in, we pray a wall of fire a hedge of protection and your warring angels around us. Around our president, we ask for a special covering of warrior angels over us to boomerang back on the enemy. Every curse assignment, satanic ritual that's been spoken over us, we send back on the enemy seven times over and broken and in full force, declaring that the boulders they roll will roll back and crush them, the nets they hide, their own feet will be caught, and the pits they dig, they'll fall in. And Lord, we just pray for their salvation. We bless them with Christian character to deny their self. We bless them with the truth that sets them free in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that you said in Job 22 that if we lay our gold in the dust and make the Almighty our gold, we can declare a thing. And those who do not deserve to be saved will be saved by the cleanness of our hands. So, Father, we want to have clean hands and a pure heart tonight. I pray I loose upon each person the truth that sets us free in Jesus' name. I bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. I bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth, forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us in the name of Jesus, against anyone listening in, against Dorothy and her family and me and my family, everything that concerns us, uh, in the name of our blood and by the authority of Jesus. And Lord, we just thank you for what you're going to do. I ask you to move upon every life in Jesus' name. I pray for eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that can understand so that we can turn and be healed. Well, before I begin the teaching, I just want to share about a huge miracle. You might say, well, you know, I've had bigger miracles than this, but this is a big miracle for me. But I was out walking one morning, as I try to do each morning. Sometimes I have to beat myself to do it, but I always am glad I did but i live um on a 116 acre plot of land and i live up in the trees and so when i was walking out of the trees there's a road my my road is is a gravel road and it goes about probably a fourth of a mile and so when i rounded the trees i heard a, a um tractor in the pasture and he was mowing hay and it was it, he was kicking up so much dust that that the road like a a fourth of the, the whole road was covered with a cloud of dust and you couldn't even see through it. So I waited till the dust settled and the tractor moved around the other side of the pasture. And so I started walking down the road and here comes the tractor again. And the wind was blowing toward the road. And I mean, the dust was so thick that you couldn't even see through it. And it would be, it wouldn't be like walking a few feet in dust. It would be like walking a fourth of a mile in dust. And so I just said, Lord, I don't want to breathe that dust. And I ask you to put an impenetrable barrier around me. And I just held up my hand and I said, in the name of Jesus, I hold a shield of faith up and block that. And it was like so miraculous. It was like the wind shifted and it blew like in a straight line. And the dust, instead of the dust being scattered, it was like a wall of dust moved back to the pasture. And I never had to breathe the dust. Well, that was the most amazing thing. I mean, I just I can't tell you what that did to my faith because we we read about the the uh, whole armor of God in Ephesians six, where it says take up the shield of faith. It's something that we have to take it up, and um, we don't really realize that it's a real thing. It's more real than the building you're you're sitting in or the room you're in. It's more real than your car. I mean, you can't see it with a human eye. But God tells us to take up the shield of faith. In Ephesians 6, it says that we're to stand firm in the faith, gird our loins with truth, uh, which means um, the truth of God's word. Have a breastplate of righteousness means to be walking uprightly before the Lord. Have on the helmet of salvation, which protects our mind. And the scripture says hope is a helmet. Without that, we're hopeless. Uh, It tells us to take up the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, that we may stand in the evil day, having done all. And so, you know, we have on the whole armor of God when we're walking in repentance. Um, It's a conditional thing. You know, the Lord tells us to put off the old man, put on the new, which is a picture of us denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following the Lord. And it doesn't mean we're perfect people. I'm certainly not perfect, but. Um, I want to walk in repentance. And if you're listening to me, this is something, if you don't hear anything else I say, walk daily in in repentance. Because if you don't, um, the demons get a hold of you. In Psalms 32, in the old, old living Bible, it says, I'll confess my faults while there's still time so that judgment won't overtake me. So in other words, what that is saying, to paraphrase, is I'm going to get it right real quick before the devil gets his teeth in me. And, you know, if you pictured Psalms 91 like a big umbrella where it says in Psalms 91.1, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God will abide under the shadow and protection of the Almighty. Um, If you see that Psalms 91 is like if you just wanted to picture like a big umbrella, and when you're under there, you're safe. Outside of that umbrella is where the fiery darts fly. And so um, whenever we're walking uprightly before the Lord, the scripture says that uh, we, when we dwell in the secret place of the Most High God, we abide under the shadow and protection of the Almighty, and um, and so we, when we're walking under God's umbrella, we're safe. We get outside of that, and uh, we're out in enemy territory. And so the Lord has taught me that the folly of a fool is discipline. So wherever I'm in folly, I get disciplined, and it means that. Out from under that umbrella, I've got something sticking out that's getting attacked, and so what I want to do is walk in repentance, ask the Lord what He's trying to show me, and then, um, then repent. And that's, we need to live a lifestyle like that. and the Bible promises we can go from glory to glory and strength to strength. And that's the way we even can walk in divine health. Um, behind sickness is uh, sin, and behind the demons, Is sin in our life. And all of us are sinners. We're all a work in progress. This is not to condemn anyone. God tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. But when, you know, over the years, the Lord has shown me about uh, the the shield of faith. When I'd be um, thinking about the chemtrails that is being dumped out over America and I don't know where else uh, to cause allergy and sickness and all kinds of things. I was thinking about that one day, and I don't know if the World Order is behind it, but um, I was thinking about that, and it was allergy season, and I was sneezing to shield the faith. And so I just said, I take up the shield of faith, and the sneezing stopped. So the Lord's given me little glimpses of this um, over the years as I would be contemplating, even thinking about the drones that were, you know, the uh, were in the atmosphere and the planes. And, you know, sometimes at night I hear, you know, during, during the day I don't hear many planes, but at nighttime I can hear, you know, kind of weird planes. And, and so I was thinking about that, and the Lord would say, take up the shield of faith. But, you know, not realizing that the shield of faith is so real, it really was a revelation to me. And I'm so thankful that the Lord did this for me, but it really was a life-changing experience. As I walked down the road, I didn't, believe, I didn't, uh, I didn't breathe any dust. But um, I walked on past my gate down the road for about a mile and a half. And as I was coming back, I heard that, that tractor in my, in my pasture again. And I thought, oh, no, I'm going to have to do this again. And maybe it won't work this next time, me of little faith. But, you know, I just determined in my heart, hey, you know what? I'm going to take the authority that I have and I'm going to whatever I have to deal with, I'm going to deal with it. But as I got close to my property, uh, the Lord kept. It was like he shifted the wind, and the wind was blowing away from my road, and and I didn't have to ble- breathe any of that dust. And so I just praise the Lord for that miracle. You might say, well, I've had bigger miracles than that, but that's probably one of the biggest miracles I've ever experienced because it was like a wall of dust. It was straight. You know how dust can get scattered, kind of? It was like a wall of dust, and it just moved back toward the pasture, and it was almost like the parting of the Red Sea. So anyway, I wanted to share that because... Those of you who are listening uh, I want to encourage you in your faith But tonight I want to talk to you About mental attitudes You know um, This message is about something That really affects all of us And it's our mental attitude You know Proverbs 23 7 says As a man thinks in his heart So is he So what that's saying is How you feel about yourself How you feel about your circumstances How you feel about life Um is is what you are, is who you are, and so if we're thinking negatively of ourselves, we need to get our heart uh, cleansed, and it's a process that sometimes takes a lifetime, but it's a it's a uh, to get our heart cleansed so that we can be the person that we really want to be, not what we think we aren't, and so God wants us to get our hearts cleansed, and and that's where deliverance and repentance comes in. And it's a process of us working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And so tonight, uh, I want to be talking to you about some things that, of how we can get our heart changed. Um, but um, someone has said that mental, a good mental attitude is better than mental ability. You know, your attitude tells the world what you expect from life. And, you know, you'll get whatever you expect, no more and no less. And so if we're thinking we're not going to get anything, guess why we're not? And so those kind of attitudes have to be eradicated from our heart. You know, Jeremiah chapter one tells us to pull cool down, uproot, and pluck out. Um, and so uh, our hearts are spiritual gardens. And things have been planted in our heart through uh, childhood events, through the, things, through the negative training up process. Most of us, our real problem comes in because of how we were trained up as children. And... Um, and just to encourage you, uh, every God wants to change all of that. That's why he disciplines every son whom he loves, because in that discipline, he realigns us to the word of God, which is a healing thing. It tells us in um, Romans 12, 1, to present your body to God as a living sacrifice, and you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so if we have a wrong attitude, we're going to get exactly what we expect. Because you know what if things have been planted Down in our heart um, It's going to come out our mouth uh, If if we're thinking negative Thoughts it's because it comes Out of the heart there are things That have been planted down in our heart Through how we were trained up Through the generational iniquities of the forefathers Through the things that have been done to us The things that we've done to others we've not Repented of the things that have been done To us that we haven't forgiven um, And uh how we're trained up sets a default in our life. Um, uh, a good example of that would be like, you know, the the de- default on a computer. A computer set to where you can type, I think it's about 300, I don't know exactly how many different fonts you can use, but you can type a letter or you can type something and you can use any font you want to, but when you go to another uh, letter or another uh, document that you're writing, it'll kick it back to the way the factory set it. And you and I were trained up, the way we were trained up is how we were set at the factory, and we keep trying to break out of the default, and we keep getting kicked back into the default. But the good news is that when we forgive our parents for the negative ways that we were trained up, and I don't mean generally forgive them, I mean specifically forgive them for each thing, God will break that default and reset it from a negative reaping to a positive one. And so thank God that curses can be broken off of us, and thank God he disciplines every son whom he loves. That means to correct the mistakes that our parents didn't make, the mistakes we've made. You know, the scripture tells us to confess our sin. If we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And you know, there's no limit to the power of God in, in our lives, but, but we limit him by what? Uh, by ourselves by our wrong attitudes. Um, God knows no limit to his power, he's God Almighty, he's omniscient, he's omnipotent, he's all knowing. Uh, but we limit him by our negative attitudes, uh, our attitude de- determines what we receive. Proverbs 23 7 As a man thinks in his heart, so is he, and so is this person. Uh, in in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, Jesus said that if you can speak to this mountain and it'll move, if you don't doubt in your heart and you believe what you say, uh, you can have what you say. Um, an example of that would be, um, I guess I could use this as an example. In 2008, when I was diagnosed with, uh, with an eye problem, uh, I 90% believed that God would not heal me and 10% believed he would. Jesus said that by the stripes of Jesus, we're healed by his stripes. And so how many times have we told the mountains in our lives to move and they didn't move because really we doubted in our heart. Now, since 19, I'm sorry, since uh, 2008, I've been dealing with my heart issues. I've been repenting of sin. I've been, because the Lord, when I, when I, Heard the scripture that I have what I say If I don't doubt in my heart You see if I'm believing something In my heart and I say it guess what I get it But if I'm wanting to Believe God to move a mountain Then I have to believe what I say And so Over the years for this past nine years I've been working out my salvation With fear and trembling dealing with what the Lord Showed me trying to realign My life with the word of God And now I can tell you I 3% Believe I won't be healed and I'm 97% sure I will be healed. And so there's still a little doubt there, but, um, but praise God. I'm going to stand on God's word that says by his stripes I'm healed. And so we have what we say. Uh, the Bible says that um, if we don't guard our tongue, whoever, in Proverbs it says, whoever guards his tongue guards his soul from, from problems. The things that are planted down in our heart are going to come out our mouth. You know, I tell people that are people that counsel, uh, you just have to listen to what comes out of someone's mouth to know what's down in their heart. I've had people, I heard people say, well, you know, I was just joking. No, you weren't. If you say you're joking, you're lying because the scripture says what's in your heart comes out your mouth. Also, what's in your thought life uh, comes out of the heart. Also, if you're lusting after anything, it says, that don't say that when you're tempted That you're tempted, tempted of God You're tempted by the lust that's even down in your own heart And so we have to get those things out of our heart For us to have a positive attitude We have to begin to pull down uproot And pluck out through repentance It says in 1 John um, 1, nine, If we confess our sin God is faithful and just to forgive us And cleanse us of, of all unrighteousness And so the thoughts we have precedes a deed how many times you thought, you begin to think about, oh, that strawberry shortcake in the kitchen surely sounds good. And the next thing you go, you go and eat it. Or how about those peanuts up in the cabinet? Or how about this? How about that? And guess what? Before you know it, the lust is down in our heart. We begin to do it. You know, each of us desires to be loved and respect and have um, to be valued by our fellow, fellow man. But what we don't see is the miracle of receiving from others has to begin within us, begin with our own mind. Whatever we give, we're going to get. If you give love, you're going to get love. If you give hate, you're going to get hate. If you are positive, uh, you're going to receive uh, positive things. And so whatever you give, if you help somebody, the Bible says by your standard of measure,
1: it's measured back
0: to you. So you'll never get warmth or kindness or love without beginning to give it out. And this is one reason that Jesus said that we must love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our spirit and our neighbor as ourselves. Now, we, if we can't love ourselves, We can't love other people. You can always, I can pretty much tell you the people that grew up being loved because it's easier for them to love people. But the people that grew up in dysfunction have a harder time. That's not to criticize anyone because we're all a work in progress. But those are things that have to be worked out of us through repentance, through forgiving. And so we have to love God with our whole heart. Yesterday I was uh, doing a little daily thought. I send out these daily thoughts of encouragement that maybe go out twice a week instead of every day. I want to do them daily, but I don't get to always do them daily. And I was looking up scriptures on honoring your father and mother. And in Matthew 19, 19, uh, this was a revelation to me. I've never seen this. It says, if you honor your father and mother, you will love your neighbor as yourself. i never in all my life of my 55 years of being a Christian ever saw that. I thank God for that revelation. And I don't know how it ties in, but God's going to give me the answer. And have you noticed that the higher you go on the human scale, the nicer people treat you? I remember uh, in the 1970s, my husband was President of the bank in a little bitty town, and everybody wanted to be my friend because my husband was the president of the bank. He got involved with his secretary, left me, divorced me, and after that nobody I wondered where all my friends were nobody uh, nobody even cared in fact, even the couples we 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 ran with when we were um, when he was home before all this happened they they wanted to be our friends, but when he left, it was like the like the wives felt threatened, I guess. Uh, but even I lost those friends and I, and I'm not a negative person, but, um, but that was an observation that I made and it's true. And you can tell a lot about a person by observing their attitude, um, uh, their attitudes about their job, about their coworkers, about their mates, about their children, about their family, about their circumstances, uh, about their life in general. Um, You can tell a lot about them, and people who are mean and hateful and vindictive and catty, uh, suspicious, ungrateful, uh, revengeful, on the outside are that way because they're on the they're that way on the inside. These things somehow have become stored in their heart through uh, childhood, um, being trained up. Matthew 5.8 says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God or they shall discern God. And the more confident uh, a person is regarding, um, regarding his value, the better he treats himself and the better he treats others. When he loves himself, it's easy for him to love others. A person cannot be unloving in his heart and be wonderful on the outside. Big people are kind, courteous, uh, happy with themselves. They reflect not only the love of Jesus, but they also are reflecting how they see themselves. It's easier for them to overlook meanness and other people because their hearts are pure. You know, the scripture says to the pure, all things are pure. And so if my heart is pure, I'm really thinking other people's motives are pure. And I might have a tendency to say, well, they didn't really mean it that way. Because, see, if my own heart is uh, good, then I see other people as good. But if i am got a bad attitude in my heart toward people, it's because I'm reflecting that. It's easy for big people because they are they see themselves in a good way and they're not underhanded themselves. Titus 115 says, to the pure, all things are pure. To those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Both their mind and their conscience are defiled. Psalms 18.26 says, with the pure, you show yourself, God, to the pure. To the pure, you show, you show yourself pure. And with the crooked, you show yourself astute, which means perverted. People are not suspicious of others because they have a pure heart themselves. The more wicked a person's heart is, the more they are suspicious about other people, the more unforgiving they are. And, you know, either happiness and joy will radiate from my life or just the opposite, negativity. People will treat you like you treat yourself. I remember years ago when I was pastor in Lindale, I would go to the Ministers, um, they'd have a minister's meeting once a month And when I'd go, I'd always feel like I was on the outside looking in I'd always feel rejected And one day I looked up all the scriptures in the Bible on cutoff Rejected uh, our words uh, that were associated with that And I had about an inch high stack of computer sheets Because I printed it out and I repented over all of them and the next time I went to that meeting, and of course, naturally, when you get your heart pure of the rejection or why you were felt cut off, um, then when you, when you get your heart purified, then you have the right attitude. And so when I walked into that meeting, the next time, it was like everybody said, well, Jerry, where have you been? We've missed you. And I went, what? I mean, I didn't say that out loud, but that's what I thought because I'd never felt that before. But I got a great deliverance by doing that, and I encourage you to do that. If you haven't, do word studies, because the Bible says he sent his word to heal you. Negative people see the world from their own reflection, and as a result, they receive the same thing that they project to others. We only love others as we love ourselves. And, you know, people think that because somebody has a high position in life, or they're maybe a CEO of a company, or maybe they have money, that that the reason they have a good attitude is because of their position. How many times people would say, you know, if I had the money they had, or if I had the position they had, or if I had the house they had, or if I had everything they had, I could have a good attitude too. You know, the opposite is true. The good attitude comes before the position because they're projecting to the world what they expect from life. How many times we've heard people say that It's human nature for us to think That a person's attitude is a result of his position or his statue But just the opposite is true To project good outwardly My heart has to be purified on the inside And to have a pure pure thoughts and a pure heart The heart has to be purified So what must I do? Well through repentance and deliverance I can get my heart pure. The Bible says the blood of Jesus cleanses my heart from all defilement. Defilement means to be contaminated or sullied. It starts with, you know, it really starts with the new birth experience. There's many of you who are listening maybe have never been born again. I've prayed the prayer, and I've shared this before. I I, I went to church when I was a little girl because I had a heart for the Lord, but I wasn't born again. In fact, my mother and father didn't even take me to church when I was growing up, but I went to church. You know, they'd take me to church and leave me out. And my sister, I don't think my sister, maybe she did, I don't remember. But anyway, I had a heart uh, for the Lord when I was a little girl, and I never um, never, um, accepted the Lord. I mean, I might have accepted him, but I wasn't born again. And, And when I was 18 years old, I accepted the Lord at a Billy Graham crusade. And uh, I was baptized, but I kept on cussing. I kept on telling dirty jokes, uh, kept on smoking, being worldly. um, And, but I wasn't born again. I believed in Jesus with my head. The Bible says the demons and the devil believes and they tremble. But I hadn't had a heart change. And my sister was getting a divorce and I wanted to help her. So I knew the answer lied in God's word, but I never read it. But I started reading the Bible to try to find help for my sister. And I found that after reading the New Testament, when I got to the scripture that says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. I thought, well, that's what's happened to me. I've been born again. Prior to that, I had thoughts of committing adultery, and I did in my mind commit adultery. And I never saw myself as a sinner Isn't that terrible? But I always saw myself as a good girl. But anyway, I saw myself as a sinner, and I asked God to straighten out my life, and he did. Prior to that, it was like a storm going on in my life. I saw not really, I saw no point in life. I wouldn't have cared if I died. I would have never killed myself. But I saw no point in getting up, going to bed, getting up, going to bed, whatever. And it was kind of like, you know, when I was a kid, I'd... I'd go into these department stores, and I'd run up an escalator going down, and that's kind of a way to describe the way I felt. It was kind of like a storm was going on in my life, but all of a sudden the storm was over, and I had peace. And I, became, when I read the scripture that says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. I thought, that's what's happened to me. I'm a new creation in Christ. Shortly after that, a curse word came out of my mouth, and I used to curse terribly. I didn't take God's name in vain, but I would curse just, you know, nasty talk. And a curse word came out of my mouth. And I said to the Lord, that didn't sound like anything that ought to come out of a Christian's mouth. And God delivered me from profanity 55 years ago. And so the scripture says, if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So it starts with the new birth experience If you've accepted the Lord And Your life hasn't changed Then you just have a head knowledge of God Because when you're born again Your life's going to change You're not going to be perfect You're going to be far from it In fact when I first got saved I thought maybe I did God a favor But the longer I walk with God The more I wonder why he didn't save me Because I see the, the closer you walk with God The more sin you see in your life But anyway, it it takes a new birth experience when, when the spirit of Christ comes to live in your heart. The scripture says, as he is, so are you in the world. And so we have to receive him as our savior. And basically, when we receive Jesus, it's a free gift to receive Jesus. But the walk costs us something. Jesus said, if any man would follow me, he must first deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. So if you've accepted the Lord, you believe in Jesus like the demons, like the devil, but you've never had a heart change and you've never been willing to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow him, you need to be born again. And so having a new mind, because the scripture says when you're born again, you have the mind of Christ. So there's no place for negativity in the Christian life, negativity came in through the negative way you were trained up. You were trained up in negativity. Guess what? The scripture says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should not go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. So, the reason he won't depart from it is because it sets a default. If I'm trained up the way I should go, it sets a default. And those of you parents who have got children that are uh, you know, out of it and are not walking with God Don't know God Let me tell you Let me encourage you You train him up in the way he should go And he can't break that default He can keep trying to be breaking out of it But he's going to keep getting kicked back Into the default And those of you who enable your children Let me tell you As long as you're paying their light bill And giving them groceries And supporting their drug and alcohol habit And babysitting their kids They don't need a savior because they have you And so if you've got children that you're praying for for their salvation get out of the way and let god deal with them The scripture says when my mother and father forsake me or cut me loose the lord will take me up And so if you're a parent that enables god's first got to change you as long as you've got your hands on the situation They're never going to change You've got to do like Abraham did Isaac Take them up the mountain Take your hands off of them and let them go As long as you're trying to uh, Help them You're really enabling them You're supposed to love them and pray for them And not be mean to them But if you're under God's umbrella You're walking in repentance And you have a child that you want to walk there And they're outside the umbrella and And the enemy's hitting them out there what you're doing is you're rebelling against God by running out there with your little dinky um, umbrella and covering them, and you're the one that's getting hit. You know, the prodigal son, if you read the story of the prodigal son, the prom, the, the father never went after the son. And, it, and the scripture says nobody helped him in that pig pen. The father didn't run to pay his light bill or his gas bill or his telephone bill or his drug habit or whatever he was doing he waited and when that son got sick of the pig pen then the son came home and you have to be like the the prodigal father in that story if you want your children to change and if you don't change they're not going to change there's wonderful promises in the word of god to the ch- you know i had a son that lived a homosexual lifestyle i prayed for him for 20 years and i saw this i'm not i'm not upset with my mother because Honestly, I was glad she was helping him, but she couldn't bear the seam on the street. And and, and back in 19, um, let's see, was it time to think of a year? I think it was 1972 or 82. She she sent him uh, probably $2,400 a month, and that was a lot of money back then. She sent him that much money because she couldn't bear the thought of him sleeping on the street. Well, here on the other hand, I'm praying, Lord, do whatever it takes to save him. And so the Lord had to give him a problem, which was AIDS, that she couldn't, that she couldn't fix. And so uh, I've learned that I believe he'd be alive today if he'd have had to sleep on the street. So that's kind of a sidetrack from what I'm teaching tonight. But somebody out there needs to hear that. But if you want your children to change, then you walk uprightly, you love them, and get your hands off because when you help them. You're getting, it's kind of like a parent that's whipping a child And the other parent steps in and says, no, no, don't thank him That's what you're doing whenever you enable And so we need to stop enabling I lost my place in my message, but it's okay So we've talked about how a child is trained up Sets the default in his life Comes with an expectation For example, if a child's not loved, he expects not to be loved. If a child is rejected, he has an expectation he's going to be rejected. If a child is hated, he has an expectation he'll be hated. If a child's mother is controlling, uh, the lie is he expects all women to be like his mother. If his daddy is a womanizer, um, he expects men to be like daddy. And so when we make a judgment on a parent, when a parent's not training us up correctly, we make that judgment. We have an expectation that that's how life's going to go. And what we're going through now in the present is a rerun of how we grew up. Of What's going, what's going on in the present right now is, is God trying to mirror through other people what we have to repent of, what we have to forgive others for. I just sent out a daily thought, and some of you received it, possibly, But it says what bothers you about other people, uh, it's something that God's trying to show you in your life. He's trying to show you something that He's letting people mirror and reflect what you've done, what you're doing, um, are are judging on other people. Other people usually is your parents, and so when you make a judgment on your parents. Life doesn't go well in whatever area you're judging your parent. And to honor your mother and father means you forgive them by sundown. doesn't mean you have to like them or fellowship with them if they're evil. You honor their position. It means you forgive them by sundown. And then there's, um, there's an unloving spirit, which an unloving spirit uh, is self-hatred, self-bitterness, unforgiveness of yourself, uh, self-condemnation self-hatred, self-rejection, and that's an unloving spirit. It's an antichrist spirit working in us. It's a demon that makes us, it masquerades as us. It makes us think that it's us talking to us, and it's really a demon that nitpicks us 24-7. And so that's another reason for a negative attitude is we have an unloving spirit. That spirit tormented me most of my life until about 15 years ago I was delivered from it. The, the 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 unloving spirit The spirit that nitpicks you 24-7 Would say to me That, 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 that Your unloving spirit may say something else You know as a parent Have you noticed that you have the hardest time With the child most like you And the reason is Is you don't like yourself And you see negative things in that child That remind you of yourself And so you reject yourself And so usually it's a person it's It comes into the parent most like you God said blessed are the pure in heart For they shall see God And so we get our heart pure Through confessing our sin And then um, The last thing is The The expectations that you have The bitter expectations You expect life to go the way it went As you were being trained up And those defaults can be broken Job 417 says, Can a man be just before God? Can a man be pure before his maker? Yes, of course, through confessing our sin. Confess your faults to one another that you might, and pray for one another that you might be healed. And so ba- the basic problems for all of us come in through how we're trained up as children the unloving spirit, through not being loved and affirmed. We treat ourselves the way we were treated, and then we treat others the way we were treated. We have a bitter root expectation and the defaults that can be broken. And I'm going to pray for you in a minute. I'm going to do one of, one of these things at a time. But it says in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, and whatever is of good repute, if there be anything excellent and if there be anything worthy of praise, dwell, which means think on these things. So, we need to retrain our minds to think on the positive. You know, I don't know what, regardless of what you think about Donald Trump, our president, one thing about him is he has a positive mental attitude. I don't know if you've noticed that. Um, he grew up in uh, Norman Vincent uh, Peale's church, which Norman Vincent Peale, I wouldn't have, agree, I wouldn't probably wouldn't agree with what he taught. I mean, I don't know what he taught, but he taught on the power of positive thinking. And so that's why our president is so positive besides, you know, he grew up, he had a daddy that loved him, a mother that loved him, and that gives him confidence. And if you grew up with that kind of a parent, no matter how many faults your parents have, you know, the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. So most of our problems stem from the lack of, the lack of not love, not being affirmed, not being cared for, not being provided for, uh, growing up in a poor family, you expect to be poor, or if you... You were poor, and you promised yourself that one of these days you're going to make money. Well, you've been a failure ever since. It's because of the judgments that you make on your parents. God says, honor your father and mother that all may be well with you, and your days will be long upon the earth. Well, I'm going to pray with you, and if you uh, have never been born again, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the gift of salvation. Forgive me, Lord, that I've accepted you in the past, or I haven't accepted you, but I haven't been willing to deny myself, take up my cross, and follow you. Lord, I haven't been willing to let go of my life that I might find it. Father, I ask you to forgive me. I thank you that salvation is a free gift, and I receive it. And I ask you to forgive me for that there has been no fruit in my Christian life. I ask you to forgive me, Lord, for... Uh, Receiving you and never repenting of my sin So Lord I repent now And I I choose for you to be the master of my life The boss of my life I invite you Holy Spirit to possess my body And I ask you to transform my heart And let me be born again In Jesus name And Father forgive me for this Forgive me for hating myself Lord forgive me for rejecting myself Having self-contempt Forgive me for thinking negatively of myself. Forgive me for hating myself. Forgive me for arguing with you over the way I was made. Forgive me for thinking that I'm ugly. I'm this, I'm that, I'm a failure. Lord, I've been listening to a demon that has masqueraded as me talking to me, and it's not been me like I thought it was. It's a demon power. And, Father, this day, in Jesus' name, Um. I accept myself as your workmanship, fearfully and wonderfully made. Father, in this day, this night, in Jesus' name, uh, on, no, on November the 7th, 2017, at 645, I accept myself as your workmanship, fearfully and wonderfully made. Father, I ask you to re- I repent of rejecting myself. I receive myself. I thank you, Lord, that I'm a new creation in Christ. Thank you that I'm your workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good work. Thank you that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you, Lord, that when I'm weak, I'm strong. Your strength is made perfect in my weakness. And I come against this lying, nitpicking demon, this unloving spirit that has been nitpicking me my whole life. I command it to lead me now in the name of Jesus. Just take a deep breath, blow out, command it to go. The word spirit means breath. In the name of Jesus, I come against you, unloving, you antichrist spirit, you spirit that nitpicks them 24-7. Come out, self-rejection, self-hate, self-bitterness, unforgiveness of self. I command you to go now in the name of Jesus. Bitterness towards self, unforgiveness towards self. I break your power in the mighty name of Jesus. I command you to leave each person in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. And Father, I forgive my mother and father for training me up in the way I should not go, which has set defaults that I've been trying to break out of my whole life. And I want you to think about the negative ways that even after you get off this program, think about the negative ways that you were trained up and ask God to break the default. You know, you can go on my website at jerrymcgee.com and you can listen to messages that will Have deliverance prayers you can actually get Delivered through listening to These messages And um, Also I forgot to mention a while ago too that you can You can see my son's testimony Todd's greatest regret was made um, 13 days before He died of AIDS it praised Jesus He's in heaven. So, Lord, I just break these demonic defaults and the negative ways I was trained up in Jesus' name. I break the bitter expectations. I forgive my mother and father. Forgive me for not honoring them. Forgive me for judging them, which has set me up to reap the very things that I've judged them for in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I just come against all spirits of pride, fear, doubt, unbelief, worry, Negativity I break the power Of defilement in Jesus Name I break the power of every lying Spirit that has lied to them in in Jesus name I command you to Leave every person that's Listening to me right now in the name of Jesus I break your power In Jesus name take a deep breath And blow out in Jesus name Praise you Lord praise you Jesus Praise Jesus we thank you Lord we praise your mighty name If you want prayer you can Call in at 646 595-4784 Five nine five four seven eight four, And don't forget to press 1 If you would like a seminar Or in our meeting in your area I'll be happy to come If you will email me at McGee At sbcglobal.net That's g-e-r-i M-c-g-h-e-e At sbcglobal.net And I'll be happy to uh, come. Also, if you've been blessed by the message tonight, you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. My website is jerrymcgee.com, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. I I have a new website. Uh, It's almost finished, but it's still, it's running. There's a few things that we're still working on. But anyway, visit my new website and sign up for my daily Thoughts of Encouragement. Um, you can sign up there. There's a place to sign up. If you've been blessed by the message, you can send a gift through PayPal, and also the sweet lady that hosts this program. You can send her a gift through D Churchy one number one at hotmail.com. I'm in Duncanville every month. The first, the first Saturday of the month from 10 to 12:30. And I meet at the Hilton Garden Inn. It's in Duncanville, Texas. It's at exit 462 and Interstate 20. It's, in fact, the hotel is sitting right on Interstate 20 and Main Street. So you take the Main It's the garden, the Hilton Garden Inn. We meet in the, the Penn Springs Room at 10 o'clock. And the seminar is free. Hope you'll listen again. Also, I'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. Uh, for the November uh, Thanksgiving camp, it's November the 23rd through the 26th. I'll be there in December in Duncanville once a month. I'll be in um, Lake Hamilton Bible Camp, December the 28th through the 31st. If you'd like to go to that camp, you can call, you can um, email LakeHamiltonBibleCamp.com and get information. It's very inexpensive, but we have prayer teams that pray for people every morning. And I hope you'll be listening in. You can write me at uh, Post Office Box 1141, Lindale, Texas, 75771. If you were blessed tonight, I'd love to hear what the Lord's done in your life. If you'll email me. We do me, have oh, a caller. Has... Jerry, okay. I'm sorry. We have a caller. Okay, great. Uh, Eric hope, Eric hope 585 your mic is okay. open. Go ahead. Hello. 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 You, hi. How can I be
2: hi. um hi, thank you for taking my call. Um I'm calling. Um, thank you so much for your message tonight. I praise God for it. It is it is um right on time.
0: Oh praise the um, Lord.
2: It is um I have I mean I I mean I can identify with everything that um everything that you you have been speaking on tonight um, praise God. and um and just i am calling i've wanted prayer um i've been thinking about my studies with school um I started out really good with in school um my grades um my exams um i've been I I spiraled down on my last two exams. I didn't do well and um, it dropped my average. And so um, you know, I've I've been regrouping, I've been trying to figure out like what's going on, what happened, why I did it. Um I I fasted last week, um, just trying to figure out the cause. What um and not only that, just some it was some other problems too that I um just this family dynamic that I was dealing with. And
0: um Do you live at home, home back- with your parents? Are you in college or do you live with your parents?
2: No, I I'm I'm married and it's just my husband and I. And Okay, um, well tell
0: me what the tell me what the biggest problem is and then you know, God God uses the problem to show you what what he wants to deliver you from next because we you know we won't deliver it at one time but it doesn't work that way and if we if god showed us everything that he wanted to fix at one time we'd pass out we couldn't take it right so he, he uses that. the problem he uses the problem to show you what he wants to sanctify next so that's why i like to ask people what's the biggest problem and let's go from there is it your studies you have Learning disabilities, or just maybe can't um, discipline yourself to study. Is that the problem? Or are you having problems with your husband? No, um, not,
2: not having any problems with my husband. Um, I went, well, that's unusual. Uh, I, <laughs> well, that's um,
0: unusual. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, not, is, nothing that, I well,
2: mean. <laughs>
1: The reason
0: I, I say out. is, we we either will become like our parents, or we marry someone like them. So ninety nine percent of marital problems go back to, you know, mom and dad. So that's why I ask you, if you're not having any marriage problems, that's good. How long have you been married? I hope I pray you never have a problem.
2: Um, well, it would be four years on November sixteenth.
0: You're still newlyweds. <laughs> so um, <laughs> and Lord, we ask you to bless that marriage and let them always be peaceful with each other and loving each other.
2: Thank you, Lord. Okay, let's
0: thank you. Uh, just tell me, know yeah. what else you have. So
2: I, I mean, I, I went, you know, I went through the the mental. It seems like the mental, the the attitude towards i mean i was so excited to to start i I was like yes you know i'm i'm thankful that you know i'm i'm thankful of the educational opportunity I'm, i'm thankful that i'm you know i'm here and that i'm i'm making advancement towards my career um and then it's more of oh it's hard work so i'm you know it's yeah it's and then the study group I had to remove from the study group um, because it, it seems as though that things were instead of studying things were turned to um to to something else or and then I started seeing that what I was reading I wasn't able having it seems as though that I was not applying it when I was taking the exam. Um
1: mm-hmm.
2: I said I knew the material I went to uh sit down so I could look at the exam and then I couldn't understand like the whole like my whole ride home because we can i can get my i i would know my grade that night so the the, lo- the ride home was long, but i was like man you know there's 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 a right answer and then there's an answer that's all i mean it's true it's fact but it's Not the right answer, and so I kind—I was just more of struggling with. Well, that's textbook. So I was just back and forth of just applying it and seeing, and then so have you had that problem?
0: Have you have learning disabilities? I mean, have you had that problem studying your whole life, or just now that you're in college?
2: Well, hmm. I've all. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't say, I mean, I studied when I was in high school. Um, I went to, um, I went to um, like a, a, a vocational school and, um, you know, I studied, I applied, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, never was what an you A studying? student. What's
0: your major? What's your major?
2: My major's in nursing. Okay. And, um. And so I did call I I prayed with you a couple of months ago and okay. um and um and I was really like well why couldn't I get I couldn't get into no nursing school but when I prayed that prayer of faith with you and given it to the Lord I started uh-huh. getting accepted letters. I mean, I totally just surrendered it and said, Lord, if it, if it, I remember you, I prayed and said, Lord, if it, if it's your, if it's your, if it brings you glory, if this is your will, then so be it. But, but if mm-hmm. it's not, then, then I, you know, then I really didn't want it. If it didn't, if it wasn't going to give him, right. God, if it wasn't going to please him.
0: Well, let me tell you so one thing, in, if, you do, if you do go into nursing, be sure and break soul ties with all your patients because, Uh, Through soul ties you can take on I know a lot of diseases are not You know they say they're not contagious But when you are in nursing It's kind of like a mechanic You have to cleanse yourself Because you're in a defiling atmosphere You're in a spirit of death hopelessness The whole atmosphere is charged with death And hopelessness and dying and So you just need to be sure every night Like a mechanic washes the grease off his hands You need to break soul treated that day Okay
1: Okay. So, oh, yes, I forget I to do that
0: yes. Well I, and so mm-hmm. uh, If all of this is uh, You're just having a problem all of a sudden I, I do, I'm not getting anything Except just um, But what you're studying I mean are you studying anything that's occultic Or any occultic methods Or anything like that
2: um, No No We're just in fundamentals So it's not no. Okay. But I did have I did have I had a dream um and it was on the last day of of my um when I was um in prayer and fasting last week. Mm-hmm. And um and I wasn't I'm not sure if you have if you would have insight but the dream was I saw myself um by some water, and I went to jump like to jump in the water, and the water tunneled me down, and I said, "Well, mm-hmm. I don't know how to swim, so what and so when I woke up and i oh i said well lord what what does that mean so i was it Are wasn't you... like I was troubled by it. it was just that I didn't have insight in what it means so i I remember writing it down in my journal um i I do remember that I was in prayer and fasting um, for the Lord to just give me insight on what's going on with school and um, you know all of a sudden i'm you know and you're, sh- you're sure you're well sure the lord wants
0: you are you sure the Lord wants you in nursing? are you a hundred percent positive that He wants you to be a nurse? Honestly, I'm not a hundred percent positive. I'm right. Not, I can't. I... Well, make sure, make sure you know. God, God uses godly nurses and doctors. He does, but you know, the whole medical profession is sorcery. Mm-hmm. You know, and in and, mm-hmm. and when it lists, uh, and King James says witchcraft, but if you read in Galatians five nineteen, the works of the flesh. Uh, that word means witchcraft And, and it means pharmakia. Sorcery is also pharmakia. so I'm not telling you not to do it If you do what God leads you to do But maybe that had to do With that dream where you were tunneling under Maybe it was taking you down I don't know But anyway but seek the Lord about it And I, And I thank God for And I'm not You know I thank God for godly doctors I thank God for Godly nurses. There's so many out there that help people, but uh, make sure God wants you in it. Mm-hmm. And then if you are mm-hmm. in it, make sure you break soul ties every day.
2: Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a friend who was really a, a travel buddy that she traveled with me, and uh, she she was worked for thirty years at the that uh for the Mother Francis Hospital in Tyler, Texas, and um, she developed a heart problem, and when we were praying for her, she worked on a heart floor, and she had a soul tie with all the heart patients so oh. uh, she learned about soul ties and of course uh, so anyway you can you can take on um the familiar spirits of the people you treat just through what you 're doing, so make sure you break soul ties with them and that 's not to put fear on you, but that 's just wisdom. You know, when I yes. pray for people and mm-hmm. lay hands on people, I break soul ties with them because demons can be transferred by the laying on of hands. By uh, The Bible tells us not to lay hands on anyone too suddenly lest, I, lest you receive their sin. So, um, so anyway, I always break soul ties with anyone that I lay hands on or anyone who touches me. So that's okay. just not to put fear on you, but that's just wisdom. My grandson is yes. a fireman, and he knows about soul ties. And, and of course, a fireman, if, they, if they're working in trauma all the time and they see all the blood and the guts and people being killed in wrecks, they pull out a lot of people from wrecks. And if they, don't, if they don't break the soul ties every day, they can take on the trauma themselves just through, you know, the blood and all the stuff that they go through and giving people mouth-to-mouth mm-hmm. resuscitation. So I'm thanking God that I have a 24-year-old grandson that knows about soul ties. In fact, he's on the prayer team with me at Lake Hamilton when I pray. He prays deliverance over people. So I thank God he knows that principle. But most honestly, most people don't know that. And they can have nightmares and everything else because of uh, laying hands on people that they have to and helping them. But it's just a good, wise thing to break soul ties and. You can hear that message on my website, jerrymcgee.com. And I encourage you to go there, and uh, those of you who are listening, be sure and sign up for my daily thoughts of encouragement that, that you get maybe once or twice a week. <laughs> and, and I try to keep mm-hmm. them real short. You could even use them for daily devotionals even. But um, okay. let's get back to thinking about you. I don't know. Just pray with me. Lord, in Jesus' name.
2: Lord, in me. Jesus' name.
0: Show me what I'm going through
2: Lord show me what I'm going through
0: And give me your answers
2: And give me your answers
0: I ask for the truth Lord that sets me free
2: I ask for the truth that sets
0: me free In Jesus name In Jesus name Praise you Lord tell me what you're hearing Are you hearing anything? No Okay Well let's just pray Father in the name of Jesus I just come against any spirit That would hinder understanding Her comprehension and her retention Of what she studies Any spirit that would keep her From getting a grip on what she's studying Or know what your will is For her life Lord I ask you I thank you that you said The steps of a righteous man and woman Are ordered by you We thank you that your plans and purposes cannot be thwarted. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to touch my sister right now and let her know your will for her life. Thank you that she loves you with her whole heart. Thank you, Lord, that she wants to please you. Thank you that she's given up her will for your will, whatever that is. Lord, I bind her feet to your path in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that she will always triumph in Jesus' name, that she's an overcomer in Christ Jesus. She's more than a conqueror through him that loved her Thank you Lord that you love her so much And you bless her in Jesus name I just break down any strongholds of doubt Any strongholds of fear Any strongholds of unbelief and doubt I break your power over her now In the name of Jesus Praise, Praise you Lord mm-hmm. Praise you Jesus Praise just Take you, a deep breath and blow out Thank you Lord <laughs> Praise you Lord I ask your Holy Spirit Lord to move upon her now with your mighty healing, delivering power, in the name of Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Well, thank Mm -hmm. you for calling in. I thank you, too. And
2: while you were praying, I heard that the Lord is going to do it. He's doing a new thing. Praise God. I I
0: I am to trust him. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Lord. I he moved upon you, didn't he? Yes. I am yes. That's it
2: right. Such, it's such confirmation. My husband he's away on the, he's away on a business trip. Mhm. And he attended church Sunday and I didn't go to church Sunday. He went and he came home and he said as when before he you know got on the before he went to get on get on the plane, we prayed, and he said, "As you gave us as you gave me instructions on Sunday about trusting you,
0: mm-hmm.
2: trusting you, Lord, we will trust you Lord, and Praise i was God just, for you know, us I and didn't pray with you, so I didn't even think of anything you know he just said Praise yes, God we will trust you,
0: Lord so I, Praise I, the I Lord. Will you Amen. <laughs> Thank the Lord for a husband that prays with you. Praise God for him. No wonder you no wonder you don't have any problems. <laughs> got a praying husband. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Pray, Lord, we pray for every person That's listening in. We'll have a praying wife and a praying husband and a praying children in Jesus' name. Will the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. Thank you. God bless you, too. Thank you. Thank you Love so much. You. Thanks for
2: Love calling you too. in.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much.
0: Bless you. Anyone else, Dorothy? Anyone else calling in? No? Just, just the one. That was awesome. Well, well, bless God. Thank you. Hallelujah. Well, hope you're listening in again. The first. In the third Tuesdays from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time Be sure and write me and let me know what the Lord's done in your life And uh, put your name on our mailing list You can do that by going to jerrymcgee.com And there's lots of resources you can print out A lot of free things to listen to My son died of AIDS in 1989 three days after his 25th birthday and you can see his testimony on my website it's called Todd's Greatest Regret if it's not yet on there you can also see it on YouTube well bless you the Lord bless each person listening in Lord I ask you to feel your word to their heart I ask you to transform every life in Jesus name and my life too in Jesus name thank you Dorothy y'all have a good night bless you